Well, welcome everyone to 1111 Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Haynes, and today we are speaking with Rebecca Packard. Rebecca is a leading accredited preventative trauma care teacher and educator, a self-help instructor, a YouTuber, speaker, and live happy ambassador. Rebecca works with entrepreneurs and service-focused individuals to scale, adapt, and pivot their life for whole life wellness and success. She is trained in disciplines, including emotion code, body code, EFT, says who method, Ho'oponopono, advanced Ho'oponopono, yoga, meditation, crystal healing, angelic Reiki, along with other techniques and 15 years of emergency medicine as a career emergency medical technician. Over the past seven years, Rebecca has transformed the lives of many business owners, coaches, and talent from an array of industries through her private practice, workshops, and speaking events. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi. Hi. Uh, man, you you have a lot in your bag of tricks. I love it. I, um, I do. I like to have all the tools for life. Yeah. That's what I always talk about it, like a tool belt, and you just keep adding these tools to your tool belt, and it makes you just more well-equipped and well-rounded to deal with whatever comes up in life. Um, so can we start maybe just by you giving a little background on who you are and how you felt called to do this kind of work? Yeah. Um, so I'm Rebecca Packard and, um, most people know me through motion code and body code and, and, um, using that modality, but I do use all of my practices in those sessions. It's just hard to have people be like, Oh, so remember these, all these things that we did. (laughs) Um, but I kind of, I got into that. Um, I've always been in the space of holistic healing. Like I grew up with parents who were like, here's eucalyptus oil, use this, it'll help your cough. Um, so like I would get on the soccer team with my little, my little canteen of eucalyptus oil and everyone like standing around, they're like, what are you guys huffing? And it's like, no, no, it's a good thing. Um, so I was always that kid. Um, so this has been something that I've done my whole life. And, um, even at a very young age, people were like talking to you is very therapeutic for me. And I'm like, Oh, Mm. um, and then I grew up and I went to school and I was told you can't do those things because that's not a real job. And so then I said, well, what's the closest thing to that? And I looked across my family and I had aunts that were nurses. And I was like, that's an amazing profession. And I love you nurses. God bless each and every one of you. But I don't like being in one box every day. So I was like, huh, what's another really cool job that I really like? And I had uncles that were firefighters and EMTs. And my grandfather was a police officer and we had other police officers and military professionals in the family. And so I was like, Ooh, um, those all look awesome. Let's try that. So, um, at 18 years old on my uh, 18th birthday, I signed up to be a fireman. Um, and so I did that for seven years, I was a volunteer firefighter and I was level one trained. Um, and during those seven years, I became an EMT. And in those years, I did all like got a criminal justice degree. I did all the things. And then I went to work and they were like, yeah, um, you're a very tiny human. Mind you, I am four foot 11. And at the time was all of 98 pounds soaking wet. Um, so they were like, we love you. We love your enthusiasm. And on paper, you look great, but like, um, yeah, we can't give you a gun. We can't put you in a car by yourself. And you, I don't really think you really can carry that 
300 pound guy off the roof. Can you? And I was like, well, I had to do it to pass a test. So I can. Um, and so I ended up being an EMT, but I say ended up, I think it was just the divine way of like, come on, you're really supposed to go this way. You're supposed to make the medicine and the, the things and the trauma and all the things you're supposed to mix it all together. And I'm like, okay. So I went and for 15 years, I was EMT. And then on 11, 11, 11, um, I got disabled at work. Wow. And, um, it was my bitch slap from the universe. Um, and I had been for a few years was like, I think I'm done. I think I'm, mm. I think I'm finished. And I was like, no, I'll just keep showing up. Cause I'm getting a paycheck and the hours are what I like and whatnot. And, um, after 11, 11, 11, I sat on my couch for four years, unable to move, unable wow. to walk. Um, I couldn't leave my house because my PTSD from working in EMS was so bad that, um, unless I essentially had a babysitter, I didn't leave the house because I didn't, I just couldn't function. Um, but I wasn't able to walk around because I had a physical injury that was giving me 10 out of 10 pain every day. And, um, and then through weird channels, I came across somebody who was doing emotion code and they were like, Hey, if you want a session, raise your hand, I got to get my certifications. So I got to practice on people. And I was like, yeah, me. Cause at that point I had spent four years going to chiropractors, uh, and, uh, like orthopedics, um, massage therapists, acupuncturists. I had done the whole gamut of everything you can do. I had had Reiki. I had had all these different things and nothing was touching the pain. And so I did a session with someone and they went through a whole bunch of different things. And I had a whole bunch of um, inherited emotions that had been triggered when I got hurt. And the second mm -hmm. that those were released, it like popped in me like a balloon. And wow. I could walk, I could do a jumping jack, which like I hadn't done a jumping jack in like four years. <laughs> I was like, yeah. holy moly, like, look at this. And my husband's like, we need to know more about this. So um, then that kind of started me on this space of doing emotion code. And over that space and time, like I had been tapping, I had been doing meditation, I had been doing all these different things. And like, um, it was really emotion code that got rid of the pain for me. And so I really dug deep into that space and learned all I possibly could. And um, then I started adding like law of attraction and I got my certification in tapping because I had already been tapping for years and I got my certification meditation and trans meditation because I had already been doing it for so long. I was like, let's just do all the things like, <laughs> and then here I am today. And I still am always fascinated by different things that I find. And I'm like, yes, what else can we help people with? Let's so. add that to the, yeah, let's add that. yeah so I, I, I do think like just through my own experiences at different points when you kind of, I don't know that I've had one rock bottom. <laughs> I've had a few moments throughout that were really bad and kind of like a little swift kick in the arse, you know, and, and it's just been a long process of learning new things, new, um, avenues of spirituality or, you know, meditation, tapping, things like that. Like you've said, seeing somebody for Reiki actually was, um, a woman I had on my podcast a while back, who's been a friend of mine for years, was a client of mine in the hair salon. She was a photographer, is a photographer, and she was learning Reiki and she wanted to practice. So I thought, 
I like her, so I'll have her do it on me. Well, long story short, it started shifting things for me. You know, I used to just go kind of like, okay, let's trade haircuts for Reiki. I didn't really know what it was. I would just lay there and months later, things started to shift. And I was like, hmm, maybe it's this Reiki thing, you know? And so you, you do kind of try new things and meet. I feel like the universe like sends this person across your path for a reason. And so you keep making these connections and you grow that way. So it sounds like that's kind of what was going on for you as well during that process, especially after being injured. That sounds absolutely horrific. And I'm, you know, on one hand, sorry that you had to go through that. And on the other hand, it looks like that led you to where you are ultimately through those experiences, what you had to learn and heal through. So, you know, um, I've done a couple of sessions with you. It's definitely perked my curiosity and I'm set to do um, the heart wall work with you, which I'm really excited about. Um, that's been something that's come up through a few different um, situations lately is this wall around my heart. So I'm like, okay, okay. I'm listening. <laughs> I'll deal with it. You know? down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe if you can help us understand um, what is emotion code? How does it work? Like what's going on during that process? So in the practice of emotion code, we are looking for, um, and I say negative emotions. Um, a lot of people are going to go, ah, trigger one, negative, ah. Um, think of emotions like you think of a battery. Think of emotions in the space of positive and negative. We're talking about frequency. Um, we're talking about a, a vibration. And so um, negative emotions line up with like abandonment and all those things that we do socially look at and go, oh, those are bad. Well, because when you look at the vibration and the frequency of the word and of the emotion, it is a bad thing. Um, but bad is a term that is like mm, relevant. It's like meh. It is. Is it bad? No, it's an experience. It's something outside of neutral. And then we are looking to bring those emotions to a space of not in you anymore. Because as we're going through life, we're picking up emotions, we're having people project their emotions on us, we're being manipulated through emotions, through outside sources, everywhere, constantly, because we're having a reaction with our world, right? And so as we pile these on, um, we start to get out of balance, we start to get um, just not ourselves anymore. And so using kinesiology and going through our bodies, finding different, like uh, I use my intuition a lot um, while I'm working because I'll get questions to ask. A lot of people just use yes and no questions. A lot of people have like an outline of like, they stick to a certain group of questions and they're like, okay, I'll ask this question. Yes or no. Okay. Release the emotions. I do more of like I have that, but then I'm going to work with you in the space of like, what's being, I tell people I'm like Alice following the rabbit down the hole. I'm like, okay, we're going to have, you're going to feel like you need to tell me stuff. Please tell me it's going to help. And then I'm going to just like, listen and go, okay, so what happened when you were this old and what was this? And how was this connected to that? And people go, how are you knowing this? And I'm like, I'm just listening. I'm just listening. And so I'm going through and I'm 
collecting those emotions and releasing those emotions so that we're bringing that space back into balance. We're essentially, we're, we're opening up your emotional baggage suitcase and we're pulling everything out going, nope, we don't need this anymore. Nice. I like that. So when you um, had your experience with it and your physical pain was gone, that got you more curious about it. And what was your certification process like? Um, so at the time I, I did a six month, um, course with Dr. Brad and then did a, you have to go through the certification steps. You have to do all of the different curriculum that comes up and you have to work with a certain amount of clients and you have to work with a certain amount of people through a certain amount of numbered sessions. And I'm not going to state what those are because I don't think they're the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be more intense. Well, I won't say more intensive, but he's tweaked it a little bit um, in the space of what I did. Um, And then I had to wait a grace period before I could start level two. And that's the body code. And so then I went in and I did that. And I did the different curriculum that goes with that. And then did all of the certification steps in working with more clients and working in more sessions and working through certain things that they have you do. Okay. Um, So it's like a a program that you would take, like, if you're going to go and do angelic Reiki, you have to show up for a certain amount of hours and you have to do certain steps and you have to, um, like be attuned in certain levels in the space of emotion code. It's kind of the same in the space of, you have to learn certain ways of connecting with your energy and then, um, doing a certain amount of like, is it going to be easiest for you to do kinesiology through a falling log method or a double ring method or a sway test, or like, there's so many different ways you can do kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's finding which one is like, he kind of walks you through which one is best for you and which one is easiest for you and all of that. So And so emotion code is that unpacking of emotional baggage and such. What is the body code? Um, It is essentially the emotion code on steroids. (laughs) (laughs) So um, when we work in the space of body code, um, which a lot of times I'll do both for people because it's, it's not cut and dry. People want um, holistic medicine to be so cut and dry and it's not, it's like, all of it mixes together. And in the space of body code, we have um, a program that's like over 230 something slides, but it's set up almost like an Oracle deck, a digital Oracle deck. And you have the, um, the first grouping, the first showing out and you ask questions. Okay. Is this something is what we're working on something that can be helped with the body code. And then you get your answer. Yes or no. And then that you go further and you ask other questions and you kind of like get yes and no's all the way through. And you can essentially take it all the way down to like, oh, you're, you have a strain in your left big toe that's causing you to be out of balance and your meridian that's affecting your kidney function. Huh. Like, and it like walks you through your whole body. And so these can be, it, it can end up being something that's spiritual. It can be something etheric. It can be something that's physical and tangible, and it can be um, something that's an outside source, like a toxin. So depending on what we're working on, um, I always ask at the beginning and the end of all of my sessions, Oh, is there anything in the body code that can help these, what we're working on? And 
a lot of times it'll be like, mm, maybe, but you don't need it. Or yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. This is definitely one of those things. And I find it's more people when they're like, oh, it's a physical thing. Like I have a physical pain. Like those are the people who it's like, oh yeah, you're going to need the body code for this. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That helps bring a little bit of clarity to, for me, understanding how they are working like together or separately. And it sounds like more somewhat together usually. Um, yeah. So are you able to do that kind of work virtually since like you were talking about the kinesiology part of that, how does that work when you're doing a virtual session? Yeah. So I actually only do anything virtually. <laughs> Um, I do before even COVID, um, my business has always been a hundred percent virtual using oh. zoom in my sessions, um, and doing fully 100% full distance sessions where we just conversate through email. People will say, Oh, I'm going to do a totally full distance sessions. I have some clients. That's the only way they've ever worked with me. And they'll say, this is what's going on with me. They fill out my little questionnaire and, um, and then I work with them and, I do my work and I send them a list of everything they released. And, um, and otherwise I do like a, what I call a one-on-one -on -one session for some people that means, Oh, come and be in this room. For me, that means I have a zoom room, which we meet in and you show up and then we can chat. But, um, I, even, even if you were physically in my space, I am not going to put my hands on you. Mm -hmm. Like I don't do physical touch ever. Why? Um, I don't need to. Okay. I didn't know if it was like energetic thing or just, a, you know, what I just, it's part of the practice of not even needing to do that. Like some people, um, will say, Oh, well, if you, if I'm in the room with you, aren't you going to test the kinesiology on me? And I'm like, no, I don't need to do that. I can do it through me because I'm going to be more of a clear message. Because if I ask you a question and you might be embarrassed by the question, or you might be like, Oh, this is something I don't want to necessarily speak out loud. You might give a false answer. And I'm never going to give myself a false answer because I'm not emotionally attached to whatever your answer is. I'm just trying to help you move through whatever's coming up. And so I'm going to get the answer that needs to be gotten. Whereas like somebody can almost think themselves into believing for sure that something else is the true answer. And then we just run in a circle. Right. So I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> right. no, just do it on me and then we'll be fine. I could see how that would happen too. Like what, uh, if somebody's still in denial about something or they are resisting something, they could definitely skew their answers. <laughs> um, so you were mentioning like kind of through the years and through, through your own healing process, you were practicing meditation or um, tapping and things like that. And then you eventually got certified in them. Um, did you delve into that more, the certification after you started some of the emotion code healing, after you became certified in that, you thought, huh, I think I could utilize this in this work. So I'm going to, you know, get another certification or did you have some of that and realized it was all working together? Like which came first? 
I know, right? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? So <laughs> I got my a certification and emotion code first, but then I realized in my sessions that a lot of the times I was taking people through meditation steps or I was meditating, like I did four years where I was online every single day doing a meditation at four, uh, two o'clock every day, just because I was like, I'm a mess. And um, I feel like other people need this too, um, because I am a human. <laughs> I am here having a human experience, just right. like everyone else. We're a bit um, messy. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm already doing this. I'm already um, like I started hosting moon events. So I do emotion code around a moon events. And a lovely part of that was also doing a meditation. And so I was like, oh, I will get certified so that, you know, ethically, it's the right thing to do is to be certified in the practices that you're sharing through your, sure. your, your business. Um, and then um, in the space of tapping, um, I have found that when I am working with someone and we're pulling emotions, we kind of have a grapevine effect sometimes where more than one emotion wants to come. And I call that the traffic jam sometimes. I'm like, this is like traffic jam wherever you live at the worst possible hour because a whole bunch of things want to come out and it's not. So then I'll take people through tapping so that it's not so uncomfortable because then you don't have to have like an emotional breakdown. And like, some people love that fantastic, but like, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be um, too much. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like walking people through simple tapping can help them to just release um, the traffic jam when we're getting that bottlenose effect. Um, But that came about um, after I had the emotion code and I was like, Oh, this could really be beneficial to help people in that process too. That and I tapped, I was tapping every day. So I was like, well, I know it's good. So I'll add it to my practice. (laughs) I I know I have all these tools I want to implement and I'm sometimes feel overwhelmed, like, okay, carving out time for morning meditation, afternoon meditation, and then tapping and then, you know, exercise and walking and reading. And I'm like, okay, I got to take one little bite at a time, you know, incorporate it into my routine and then go from there. So I'm kind of in that process right now, but I, I find, especially tapping, it's such a simple, um, fairly quick thing that you can incorporate into your day or into just random, you know, if something comes up and you get triggered, you can kind of focus on that. I'm, you know, I was, um, talking with Brad Yates recently, and you know, he's got thousands of YouTube videos and you really can access these things. And then if it's something that you want to learn more about, you can dive a little deeper into that and maybe get some training. Uh, so I love that. I love that idea. I kind of feel like uh, I'm going to be doing quite a bit of that. I've been really focused on meditation right now. Um, and, um, getting better at my practice of meditation and exploring different types of meditation to see really what resonates for me. You know, one thing that I think is huge right now, and I think you've mentioned this before, is I feel like humans in this human experience are really disconnected from their soul, their purpose. They're disconnected from each other. They're disconnected from source or universe. And I feel like that disconnection is the, the core problem 
underneath a lot of pain, underneath a lot of suffering, underneath um, anger and and this, you know, fighting and war and hate and all that stuff that's going on right now. And I'm just wondering if you could speak to that a little bit, your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely one of the things that as a big key player in my work with emotion code, because one of the big things, once I saw that this was a multi-generational, um, tool because I work in the space of what's affecting you, what's from your past life and what's inherited. And specifically in the space of my own healing, my pain, I had sat and I had meditated and I had sat and I had tapped and I had seen the acupuncturist and we had worked on the first level of who I am over and over again for four years. And I was like, it's just not going away but it was actually an inherited situation. It was actually multiple inherited situations. And I feel like a lot of the space of where we are in society, when we keep saying, oh, I can't believe this is still a conversation. Oh, I can't believe we still haven't caught up with this. Oh, I can't believe we're doing this again, or these countries are fighting again, or this, this, and this are all happening again. It's because we have an energetic connection. There's a magnetism, a magnet effect taking place because the emotions are not being cleared. So you can sit and say, oh, well, um, let's be best friends. We're going to be great. But like that doesn't get rid of all of the inherited stuff, which all of us carry. All of us have our own histories, our family's own histories and everything. And those create a vibration and a frequency within us and around us. And those have a silent vibrational conversation with the world around us, which is why you can see short gaps where small generations of people are like, oh, we're all going to get along and things are going to be great. And then those people go away and the next group who didn't have the training uh, that that group had come in and they fall back into a pattern where they are having the same old, same old conversation because those vibrations and frequencies are stronger than what they can overcome on their own. It's like, you know, when they say, well, oh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, that's because the apple came from the tree and it already has a vibrational conversation with the tree that it doesn't even know that it's having. Cause I don't know about you, but before I started doing all of this, I was emotionally numb to the world. 15 years of EMS and a dysfunctional upbringing and all of the things. And like, I have a whole story of my own. We all have a whole story of mm -hmm. our own, but I was emotionally shut off human. If you had been like, let's sit down and talk about our emotions. I would have been like, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> Most people are like that. They can't sit down and talk about their emotions. And if I had sit down and talk about my emotions, my emotions are not like your emotions. My emotions are not like somebody else's emotions. And your emotions are not like my emotions. You might have an interaction where you're like, oh, I'm really feeling um, that your anger is, you're just an angry person. Well, in the space of anger, a lot of the times it's fear, it's disconnection from self, it's depression, it's oppression, it's uh, being stuck in a triggered fight or flight response. 
and not being able to break from that. When we figure out where people live, if they're in a triggered space or not triggered, triggers become a trigger word itself. But when we say that, we're meaning, are you in your um, survival mode or not? And figuring out the number one thing to figure out where people are like, oh, let's figure out our love language. I'm like, let's figure out our trigger language. If we could figure out more people's response of, are they a fighter? Are they a flighter? Are they a fawner? like where they fall on that category, you could change conversations and have and not be inter and have not having escalated situations because a lot of the time the people who are ha- coming in the space of, Oh, uh, we're having fights again. We're doing this again. It's because they're in a triggered situation. They haven't been able to shut off their survival mode and come away from that and just calm themselves back down. They're just stuck in their survival response. And for a lot of people, that's fight or flight and their fight. They're not a fighter or they're not a fighter. <laughs> they're a fighter, which is why we're seeing a lot of that take place around the world. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if we could educate people in the space of having that conversation, what is your response? What is your survival response? oh, okay, let's change the words we're going to use. Let's change the conversation a little bit. Let's tweak this. Um, Or let's use this tool. Like a lot of people, when they look at tapping, they're like, oh, let's go look up a script. I um, started teaching tapping to my children when they were one and two years old. Mm. And um, we do the grace method. And you can literally just tap and be silent. You don't have to have a script. You don't have to have anything to say, or you can be having a conversation with another person and tap and allow that whatever's coming out in the conversation to be the process. Hmm. That's cool. It's really amazing. Yeah. I got my certification through Lori Layden and um, I actually got that after um, the shootings in Brevard, I was brought to Florida to be part of a practice, like part of a group that we're all trained in the grace method to go back to different areas of the country and share that so that and be preventative preventative trauma care is like my big thing it's like teaching people the tools now so they don't have to come to that space of like all or nothing right that's really awesome that's great wow what a what a honor to be involved in such a thing you know Mm. that's fantastic you know, I think it's uh, for me personally, I, I now am aware of when I get triggered, like it's like, Ooh, <laughs> like some bubble up of explosive energy, you know, and it's like, clearly that's a trigger, but I think it's hard then to know what's underneath that trigger, how to, um, not be triggered that same way anymore. So what, what, can you say about that? Like once you recognize what your triggers are, what's the next step? So a lot of people have that because <laughs> first of all, congratulations. Because most people <laughs> realize when they're being triggered. Most people are just like oblivious that they've even gotten triggered. Um, and when you realize that you've been triggered, taking in implementing silent tapping where you're just like tapping that clavicle space or tapping that gamut space, which is the space on the back of your hand in between your ring finger and your pinky finger um, and allowing yourself to just breathe and go, okay, like, let's just let go of whatever needs to let go of. And sometimes you'll recognize, okay, well that, 
that didn't take it away. So then maybe you need an emotion code session because maybe it's not your trigger. Yeah. So when people say, uh, cause we've, I've done like all those, like, let's sit down and we're going to write and we're going to do the pencil and the red pen. And we're going to write through all the things, or we're going to write this trigger or a note and say, I don't want to be triggered by you anymore. We're going to do this different thing. Like there's so many tools out there, which for some people, they work fine, fantastic. Awesome. Wonderful. Because they're first level situations, they're self created. But if you realize you're being triggered over and over and over and over again, you're like, but I've worked on this and I've worked Mm -hmm. on this this, and I've worked on this. It might not be yours. So unless you are able to dive into the past life and the inherited or even something external or a cord, then you might not be able to solve that problem on your own, which is why the world is waking to all of the people doing different practices to help you move through those things. Because that's the other thing is there's so many people who are like, I have to do this by my help myself. And you don't, oh my God. Yeah. Don't do it alone. <laughs> well, and I think too, like, I think at least people I'm coming in contact with who, you know, have worked so much of their life doing something like the, the right job, right. The responsible job or whatever they were trained to do. And then through their own self-exploration and their own path through spirituality or self-healing, they learn about something else. And then they're like, oh, I think I'm actually supposed to be doing this. And I think that's really important. And a big reason why I have this podcast is to get people to understand when you get that, that little voice in your head or that feeling in your heart or your gut that there's something here for me to actually step in that direction and see what it is because your purpose, no matter what it looks like, or if it makes sense to you, it could be all kinds of different things, but that there are people out there that will only um, receive it from you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't answer that call, then there's this void. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I, I think it's important that, that people keep recognizing when they're being called to something and, and trying to explore that and have the courage to do it. And it doesn't mean you have to give up whatever else you're doing. You know, you can do lots of different things, but to trust that there's purpose there. And then that in turn, not only will help you and help others, but I think it inspires others and you're modeling for others that, Hey, you know what, maybe this is something that I need to pay attention to. And I just think it's like this ripple effect that will only serve not only our own lives in a positive way, but the greater whole in a positive way. So um, I love that, that you are modeling this, you are living it, you are sharing what you do. You're, you know, this kind of healing work is so important. And I, I, I think there are a lot of people that don't realize the generational trauma that's handed down and past life trauma. And so let's just start with generational trauma. You know, what, what can that look like for people and how can that be affecting their lives in a negative way? As I had one, it was a naturopath on, and she was talking about emotional trauma and how it's linked to cancer, especially breast cancer in women. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that can be not just your own emotional trauma, but maybe emotional trauma or trauma that's been passed down generation to generation. So how does that happen? Yeah, I love that you bring that up because if you look at the studies on breast cancer, a huge percentage, I believe it's 
almost 90% of women, when they have breast cancer, they have it in their left breast. Well, where's your left breast? It's over your heart. Hmm. And so one of those things is like having toxin in that space or a wall in that space, because when you look at what that does, it's a constant negative emotion over your heart. Um, but, um, there was an incredible study done. It's still, I believe even being processed up to this day, um, about, um, the generations following survivors of the Holocaust and how that shows up in families and what that turns into. And so many of those families not only had horrible things from that generation, but then following it had suicide, depression, alcoholism, um, violence, like just all these different things. And then also suffered from things that they, when looked at by the professionals, quote unquote, the doctors in that space were like, how are you even experiencing these symptoms? You weren't there. And when they looked at their DNA and their genetic code, the trauma was passed from one code to the next. And so when we are looking at generational trauma, you can see it almost in every ethnicity around the world. Um, and it's kind of sad because um, it's almost become one of those like things that people are like, well, it just is because it is. Um, like they're just because, and it's like, no, 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 that's trauma. And it's not just because it's because there hasn't been an education of tools to help release the emotions on the multi levels of how that trauma has been withheld within that genetic group or that, um, DNA group. Um, because when we look at family trauma, um, if you, <laughs> Let's blow your mind. Think about this. Every woman who is in this moment is been carried in their mother's womb and their grandmother's womb. And you are carrying in your womb the next generation. And if you have your daughters, you've carried your grandchildren. Right. So think about that. And then think about any traumas that you have during your lifetime, during that span, before they've left your womb or any traumas that the future, like that the past generations experienced before you had left that space, you have experienced also. So you're looking at a three generation window, sometimes four generation window where there are experiences taking place which are being transferred to embryos and to babies and to all the different spaces. And then they're coming out into the world. And it's making it easier for these babies to be carrying these inherited emotions on top of their own emotional interaction with whatever that trauma was because they were already in that space. And so like when we look at alcoholism, when we look at drug addiction, when we look at depression, when we look at suicide, when we look at all these things, there's a clear line in genealogy of where those things show up and how those traumas show up. And so it's important to release those and to 
allow for healing to take place within family clusters. Um, I might've gotten a little off track. <laughs> well, no, I think if I'm understanding correctly, like the um, example you were giving of like a grandmother and then the mother and then the daughter, you're actually carrying that genetic, the DNA mm -hmm. in the, in the eggs. You know, mm -hmm. like, like if you think about if you're pregnant, the baby, if you have a girl baby inside of you, her eggs are already there, already there. right? Yeah. And so that you just keep tracing that back. So that's like literally physiologically and, you know, in the, on the cellular level, there's that encoding. And then on top of that, you can have your own right. life experience traumas that get added to that. So, yeah. um, I think, so that's the physiological kind of track of it. And then, you know, you were talking about the Holocaust and stuff like that. So one question that popped into my mind is how do you differentiate what is learned behavior that gets passed down and what is kind of on a different realm? That's not the learned, that's just encoded in your heritage. Do you understand mm. what I'm saying? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. So in that space, it is a very fine line in the space of being able to know more about. So when I get into sessions and I start asking questions, I start asking a lot of crazy questions that people are like, what? <laughs> Why are we even talking about this? And I'm like, because I know that this is something so much deeper than your own. And so I'll, I'll, I've had sessions where I'm like, oh, so you have military in your family. And they're like, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, so you have World War II, you have World War I, you have Civil War, you have, and they were like, what? And it's because, <laughs> um, when you're looking through these spaces, there are different things that take place that are the learned behaviors, which from zero to seven, you are an unconscious learner of the world around you and you are picking up all these different things, which is why when you have like background noise on, people are like, oh, I just have the news on in the background. Well, you're programming your zero to seven-year-old child of whatever's on the news that week um, on a constant ring. So there's all that kind of things happening. And then also your interaction with that space of that child, of your own vibration and your own silent vibrational conversation and your own unknown um, programs that you're running. But then when you look at it and you're like, oh, these are inherited, it's okay, where does this show up across your entire lineage? Where is this showing up over and over again across all of the people in your family? Where is this something that it's not just isolated in your home, but you can see it over and over and over again, every generation you look upon? Like, so not just in your siblings, but maybe in your aunt or, your, or deceased yeah. loved ones you saw. Yes. Um, so once, like if, if I were to clear generational trauma, mm -hmm. and here's another interesting twist I'll throw at you. <laughs> My daughter is adopted, so I did mm -hmm. not give birth to her. Um, so two questions, I guess. Once I clear generational trauma, 
does it stop it from getting passed down or can it pick up again later if somebody down the line isn't careful? So with the work that I do, specifically speaking on the space of inherited emotions, we are going to clear it from you. From the And when we clear it from you, it clears from you all the way back to the person that inherited or that created it. And then it also clears from anyone who inherited it. So when I'm clearing uh, emotions that are inherited, it's going the gamut. So it's taking those from everybody. And so now it's changing the silent vibrational conversation. So the thing about it repeating is, is it that repeating? No. But did they have their own situation that caused a repeat of something different or that looks like and hasn't been cleared? But if it's that one, if we're working on a very specific space and we're clearing that very specific space and we've gone in and we've done all the different directions that I do, you're not going to have a repeat of that because we're clearing it from your lineage. Okay. And then to address like my daughter who's adopted, even though there's not like for her, she could have actual genetic component from her birth mom, grandma, et cetera. And then I could layer on my, oh, you do. Yeah, my you generational crap mm-hmm. through the mm-hmm. vibration that I live. Yep. My husband is a, your daughter grown up. Okay. So <laughs> he bless his heart. <laughs> he grew up in a house where he didn't know his dad and his father was that was in his life. Um, that was not his biological dad, but is his dad for all purposes in every way. Um, and then his mother, he had three parents and all three of them left their mark and going through the emotion code, because he also is a practitioner, um, going through the emotional, uh, the emotion code and going through that, we've come across things that were from a man he never even met. Hmm. And he's like, I don't even know why I have so many of these emotions that are coming up because it's not saying from my mom and it's not saying from my dad. And I'm like, no, it's from your dad. And he's like, wait. And so I go, you need to start asking biological or not and he was like how am I getting so many not and I'm like because you were physically in the room with him from the time you were two to now (laughs) and he was like but I don't and I'm like no it's because of the the power of programming the Mm -hmm. power of silent vibrational conversation and the power of societal correctness and programming and being in each other's space and how that affects us all it's it's amazing, but it totally is a thing. So she'll have all three. So she'll have you. Yeah. So she'll have you and her mom and her dad. So all of her genetic plus and crazy enough, we found that he also had inherited ones from his not genetic dad. So things were so intense in his father figure that was in his life that were inherited into him, he was able to pass on, which we thought was absolutely mind-blowing because we were like, but how? But it's that is the power of frequency and vibration and the connection and the one-on-one in your space. Yeah, the exposure to that vibration. 
That's yeah. really interesting. That's interesting because, um, yeah, it's interesting in a lot of ways, especially with my family dynamic. So I'm, I'm um, remarried. So my daughter is with me and her stepdad, mm-hmm. uh, both her birth so parents. Have some from him. Yeah, both her birth parents have passed. So she's got like now four, <laughs> right? And, uh, and my husband, her stepdad has a situation like your husband. So mm-hmm. he was raised by his mom and his stepdad, who is his dad, and did not have a relationship with his birth father, I don't think, until like probably after two or four years old. So very mm-hmm. similar. And then, you know, there were grandparents involved too. I think that happens a lot too when you're kind of raised by other relatives who are there to kind of help and support. So you have all of that. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot to wrap. And that's it, just like in your immediate life. Not, yeah, that's just your immediate. That's not even talking about going to school and being in contact with, like, think about it. The woman that stands in front of your children or man, because um, there are a lot of male teachers today, they're spending eight hours a day mm-hmm. for 180 days with your children. Those people are having an energetic conversation. They are having a vibrational conversation. They are programming through one classroom in general, but also their own silent vibrational conversation in the room. And so there's that taking place too, or the friends that they create and they mm-hmm. friends make, and then some of them keep them for life. Like, yeah. so there's all of that. So it's, it's, it's a lot of levels of how we are truly all connected. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, not only are we all basically of the same stardust, but then in this manifestation in our human life, Mm -hmm. that constant exchange of energy, that's just, it's so much to wrap my head around, but (laughs) I'm I'm happy to try, you know, um, gosh, I could just keep talking about different things for hours, but I, I can't keep you here all day in my pocket, you know? Um, so I guess I'll just jump Oh, I had one quick question about you and your husband. Do you guys do this? Um, do you help each other with emotion absolutely. code? That's why you, he got, you do. He, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, we are constantly helping each other. He will text me from work and go, Hey, I'm having a moment. Can you help me? Nice. Yes. Or I'll be like, Hey, so I've been working on this and I'm just not touching it. Can you, can you reach in there and like do the things, babe? He's like, yep. And so we do that a lot. (laughs) So when new things come up that you need to work on, where's that coming from? Just like in the moment, daily experiences and new people you're coming across and new relationships. (laughs) Yeah. You want the the long answer or the short answer? So yes and no. So really in the space of it, yes, you're always having new experiences and you're always having new emotions and you're always having new things coming up, but the moon is always rotating and the sun is always rotating and we're constantly moving through a natal chart and we're constantly moving through a zodiac sign and we're constantly moving through all these different things. And those are all triggering us in the space of what's going on in our life. All of these things are a constant shift and a constant movement and a constant evolution. And when we have asteroids moving around and we have planets moving around, like, you know, when Mercury retrograde comes Friday, we're going to have um, a full moon. Uh, 
Like we have all these different things having up those things trigger emotions that we have within us that are part of the conversation of that. So um, I'll talk about Mercury retrograde because most people can wrap their head around mm-hmm. it, but people say like, oh my gosh, this Mercury retrograde. Oh, I don't even know like what is going <laughs> on. And it's because there are negative emotions being triggered while you're moving through the phase of what that Mercury retrograde wants to teach you. And so pulling out the emotions that are connected to that, along with, well, what's going on in the day? What's happening in your day-to-day life, right? Because a lot of the times it's like, okay, um, yeah, I, I was doing this and this happened and now I'm feeling like this, but all of a sudden, that feeling that just opened up a can of worms and you're like, like, have you ever road rage? You're like, why am I freaking out this bad? Well, it was just one experience for 30 seconds, but you're losing your mind. That's because something else that's not even connected with that situation outside of a vibrational frequency has just been poked. I call Hmm. it the bell ringing. Like if you think of yourself as a cathedral of bells and you line it with all these tiny bells and then you walk through it, you're having one experience touching one bell, but that bell knocks another bell. And by the time you've walked through it, you've got this entire cathedral that's ringing with bells. Think of that as your silent vibrational conversational, uh, your silent vibrational conversation with the universe. You are constantly having vibrations and frequencies being triggered, having an expression, moving and evolving. And sometimes we're able to release the ones that don't feel good. And sometimes we're not. And that's the thing is like the more that we're like, oh, no, bell, (laughs) stop ringing. We're not doing that today. Like, nope, taking that pattern out. We don't want to hear that one today. You can start to be like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm only hearing the music I want to hear. Okay. Oh, you can cut me off. I hope you have a great day. I hope everything's all right. I hope you have cutting me off because you, you just, you have a moment, you have a great day instead of freaking out going, well, aren't they special? You know, like <laughs> get all lunatic. It's like, Oh, you're obviously you're having a moment. I'm going to let you have your moment. I hope everything's all right. And everyone's safe in your life. I'm going to send you some love angels help them out you know, and you can step away and you don't have to engage. So So is it fair to say then like you, you release some generational stuff, you release some of your own personal trauma and you can kind of be cruising good for a while. And then some new, either it's the stuff going on with the, you know, the moon cycle or in combination with this person that you just came across and this something happened with your kid that triggered your own. So it's almost like this new recipe of, of triggers and environmental factors that will expose some other generational stuff that you didn't see before. Is that fair to say? We're all on this journey of healing and there's a different level, right? We're all on these, like we're all moving. If you listen to Abraham Hicks a lot, she talks about being on different um, levels and being able to rendezvous at different vortexes and frequencies and you're constantly moving in the space of up in your frequency the more that you're releasing negative vibrations the more you're moving your vibrational frequency up and so at every level 
in the space of life, and especially right now as we're leaving the Piscean age and we're moving into the Aquarian age, there's a lot to do in that <laughs> patriarchal life to that feminine divinity. Um, like there's a lot of shifts that are going to happen and that's going to be triggering for some people. And there is a lot of story there. And as humans, we love stories and we like hold on to those things. And so that's going to bring up emotions for people and that's going to bring up different things. But when we're shifting um, from careers, when we're shifting from relationships, all of these things bring up different emotional conversations in ourselves. And a lot of the time, we don't even realize we're holding on to some of these emotions. A lot of the times they're just sitting stagnant and they're like, okay, whatever. But when we bring them up, we're like, oh my gosh, why? And then it's time to release those things. It's time to let them go. But it, it is a... It's a lot of people are like, oh, so I had a session. We're done, right? I'm like, <laughs> I, I am, I'm, I'm good, but I am not that good. Like, no, like this is a lifelong evolution. How, how amazing of you do you want to be? Because in my, like when I work with people, I always tell people, you know, everyone's talking about the new you. I don't care who the new you is. Let's bring you to the divine you. Let's bring you back to the vibrational frequency of your truth without all the nonsense and the outside program and the outside noise of what your divine vibration is. Because we all have, and we all were like, probably like when the younger we were and can remember was the closest to that without triggered or noise or um, right. awoken, inherited, we were just like, oh, I love the daisies, like, let's talk to the bees and the butterflies, like, okay, so um, when we're releasing, we're going back to that natural frequency, our, our home space, home base for us, and so a lot of it is like, how, how much do you want to, how much do you want to be that, right? Yeah. And I think it, it happens in phases or layers. So like you can yeah. do some work, you know, either through emotion code or meditation or, you know, all different ways that we can do some work and it peels back one little layer and you kind of digest that and you, you know, work on that. And then the next thing you know, it's like, whoop, Hey, what's under this layer? <laughs> and then you, you know, on, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a process and, you know, and as, I just think it's good as long as people are trying, you know, working on that process. And so this gives people another option in which to explore to see how they can work on that process. So I highly encourage everybody to check out Rebecca's website. I will put that in the show notes. Um, where else can they find you? Do you want to give all your, your places and, and website information and that people can find you and check you out? Yeah, definitely. So you can find me at RebeccaPackard.com. You can find me on Instagram at RebeccaPackardNH. You can find me on Facebook at Live Free with Rebecca Packard. And um, you can find me on Pinterest at Rebecca Packard Live Free. And where else? Oh, um, and I have a podcast where you can listen to me. It's Live Free with Rebecca Packard. Um, and you can stream that from any of your favorite streaming locations. Um, and then, yeah, those are all the places you can find me at. Do you have a book coming out? 
Oh, I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Of my top favorite tools to use um, and how they've helped me. I've run a digital program for years um, on the preventative um, trauma tools that I use. And I've put them into a book now because people would ask me at the end of a program, like, oh, do you have this in a book that I can take home? And I'm like, no. Um, But now I do. Yay! Well, I am excited for you. That's fantastic. And congratulations on that. That's a huge accomplishment. And I guess in closing, what right now in your life is inspiring you? What gives you inspiration? You know, just like day-to-day life of how like amazing the transitions of living can be. Just in the space of we've slowed down so much and like just seeing how miraculous every day can be. It doesn't have to be like, we're all on a beach in Bali. Like that's <laughs> like awesome. If that's your jam, if that's your goal, if that's what is life for you, but like watching my kids and connecting with my family and being able to just be still in my own body. Because for so many years, I either drank my face off or ran so far and fast I couldn't. And so just being able to like be content and like enjoy each day and not have to be like, what's the next thing? Mm -hmm. This is the thing. Like all of the thing. Cause we're also, and I've lived this way for a very long time. I've known my whole life that you're not promised tomorrow. Like, um, and I've never, lived outside of that space of not knowing like, oh, some people just like, are like, oh, I, I'm going to be 90. And I'm like, you, you sneeze and you're done. Like, no, right. you don't. and it's not to be like drastic or um, dramatic or anything, but like the way that I've lived, because I see both sides of the realm. Um, it's been a conversation. Um, and then being an EMS and just watching how fleeting things can be. It's been nice to be able to just like come back to being able to sit and like be in life. Really appreciate right now. Yeah. That's yep. great. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, again, thank you for taking time today to chat with me and answer my questions. I know I had a lot of them in there, but I'm just really excited to do some work with you and raise my own vibration through that work, you know? I'm super excited for this process. So I look forward to connecting with you again. Thank you so much for having me. I love that people are learning about different ways that they can show up for themselves and they can shift the cycles within families and then support families that are soul families, maybe not necessarily genetic, but our soul families and all the things and for sharing that with the world. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today, folks. I hope that you found today's episode with Rebecca Packard inspiring. I sure did. And I have signed up for her heart wall release program. And I'm partially through it right now. And so far, I can tell you, you definitely feel something shifting. And she thoroughly explains what's being released. And I find that very helpful and informative as well. I do know that we can carry around trauma from past generations and how that can affect us. And if some people can find out a little bit about their family history and so it kind of makes sense and 
Other people, there's a lot of holes. They just haven't had those gaps filled in for them. So it's interesting to find out. And if you're interested in just doing a, you know, one session and see what you think as an intro session, I do have a link in the show notes where you can do that at a discounted rate. That's the www.rebeccapackard.com slash michelle-haynes. Also, give a look at her website. I do know that she that she offers a full moon release each month around the full moon. So you can check that out as well. Check out her YouTube channel. Um, she has a lot of different offerings there that you might find interesting, as well as her podcast. All of that information and links to those sites will be in the show notes. So I hope that you will check that out and take advantage of some of her offerings. Again, thanks for tuning in and listening. I appreciate it. And if you like what you hear, as always, please share with friends or family, share on social media. You can leave reviews or give me ratings on some of the podcasting platforms like Apple and Pandora. Much love to you all. I hope you have a fabulous day.